This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show where your hosts Amber and Jenna and today we are discussing the topic demystifying miscarriages. Mm -hmm. For show notes, more on this topic or to sign up for our video newsletter, check out our website themotherlovingfuture.com. Jenna, do you want to kick us off with your definition of demystifying miscarriages? Yeah, so my definition of demystifying miscarriages is just being open about this heart-wrenching and often taboo topic of miscarriage. Because mm. usually people are not talking about it. That's right. And mm. that's what we're going to get into, yeah, the big why. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a good reason, but we'll find out. So should we start off with demystifying um, how common yeah. miscarriages really are? So how common are they? Well, I, I looked online and got a little definition and statistic here, which I think is pretty shocking and amazing and spot on. I'm just going to read it for you. So according to the March of Dimes, as many as 50% of all pregnancies end in miscarriage. Whoa. Most, most uh, yeah, so most often before a woman misses a menstrual period or even knows she is pregnant, that 50% um, gets the miscarriage. So about 15 to 25% of recognized preg- pregnancies will end in a miscarriage. So more than 80% of miscarriages occur within the first three months of pregnancy. Yeah, so when I hear you say that, um, I just really am struck by how many pregnancies really do end in miscarriage. It's and a lot of them half. we're not even aware yeah. of because it happens before the next, the next cycle. Yeah. And then when I think back to it, I've had some um, periods where I'm like, oh, this is like unusually draining and heavy and hard this period. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was a miscarriage. Well, you know, I think before I conceived Maisie that that happened, like I really thought I was pregnant and then I, you know, got my period and I thought, well, maybe this is a miscarriage. And I still think it was. It could have been. Yeah. There we go. So, I mean, let's just talk about why this, um, where this has come from, where, when did this topic become a mystery because for me when I think about it there's this golden unwritten law or rule that most women know about who are heading into pregnancy and conceiving which is within the first three months of pregnancy don't tell anyone keep it a secret and the reason why people tell you that is because if you do miscarriage you don't have to tell everyone who you told you were pregnant that you now um, have lost the baby. It's true. So why do you think they tell you not to be open about that? Well, I think I don't, um, I mean, I would venture to guess that the historical roots of that might have been that you really didn't know if you were pregnant back in the day for a long time, like at least three months, because they had no pregnancy tests um, or anything like that up until the 50s. Besides missing your period. Yeah. So, but like, what if, you know, you then you don't have a regular cycle yeah, and or... then you're telling people you're pregnant and you're not, it's like stressful. So if you wait at least three months, then you're pretty well established that, okay, you are pregnant. You can tell people. But when it comes to the current age, um, with not telling people for three months, it's totally around the fear of miscarrying. And, um, 
yeah, I just think it's like for some people, it's just traumatizing to have to go through and tell every single person, like I miscarried, look, this is what happened and relive that with every single person that they told. Yeah, I I totally agree. The interesting thing is, is that I don't think that rule applies to all. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, I think that some women, uh, it's better for them to be able to grieve that loss and go through that process in privacy and by themselves and not, it's, it's too painful for them to have to explain to every person and relive that emotional trauma. And for other women, it serves their healing and it serves Mm -hmm. them to be honest about that. And it's part of their therapy Mm -hmm. to be able to discuss it openly with people. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, then that can actually cause issues. Yeah. And I I would say that a lot of people might have like these deep down issues if they have miscarried and didn't feel free to talk about it, you know, because that is a very emotional experience to go through. Not only were you pregnant and you have hormonal fluctuations around that time, but just the the whole feeling of, of having a baby in your womb and then losing it. And that's so, even though it's just a week or so, you can already feel so connected. So. Oh, 100%. And, um, I also think that there's a lot of shame and self-blame and um, feelings of guilt and there's something wrong with me and it's my fault. Mm -hmm. And all those negative feelings come up because it's, it's not freely spoken about. So there's an element of taboo around the subject because it's not discussed. We don't really know, oh, is it common? And does this really Mm -hmm. happen? And was it my fault? And it's a mystery. So we go directly to blaming ourselves and it must be our fault. But if we demystified this and women were more, the women who felt comfortable with it were more open to discuss this, then maybe that would save women from generally feeling those feelings of shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. So would you say that there is a right or way wrong, a right or wrong way to deal with the miscarriage? No, I don't think there is. I think once again, it comes down to really understanding yourself and thinking, am am I, is it going to benefit me to be open about this and transparent and discuss it with the people I trust or discuss it with anyone and be able to heal through the therapy of getting it out and making sense of it? Or is it going to serve me best to really um, go go inside with this and be private with it and, and not talk about it with many people? And I think that's a completely individual thing. Mm-hmm. For me, um, I'm definitely one of those people that I heal quicker and um, on a deeper level when I can be transparent about things. Mm-hmm. It makes me... Um, and when I do that, so many people come out and are able to relate to me and they also heal in the process Mm -hmm. because we're both learning and discovering things and Mm -hmm. demystifying the topic that we're speaking about. Totally. And this comes, you know, back to sort of the shift, uh, from trying to go for perfection to trying to go for authenticity, you know, and, and, you know, just being authentic about it because some people might not want to admit that they had a miscarriage because they're trying to be perfect, but shifting that to like being authentic and your authentic experience is so inspiring to people, like as you were just saying. Um, so I happen to know that, you know, Amber, you just went through, (laughs) um, a miscarriage and that's why we're actually doing this topic because a lot of this stuff came up when you went through this. And now this is about a couple weeks ago now, um, a month ago. Um, so I, I would love to hear you step us through your experience with the miscarriage. 
Yeah, great. This was such a fascinating discovery for me for me because I hadn't even comprehended the idea that I was one of the women who were going to have a mis a miscarriage. I actually had no idea um, what miscarriages were in regards to. Is it because the woman's body is unhealthy and they're unable to hold it, or is it purely a nature? You know, nature decides whether it's time or not, and something just goes wrong in that conception, or what is it? So I, I had no clue what was going on. So it was a big um, shock, really, when when I had my miscarriage. <clears throat> so that's what pushed me into really looking into this topic and really thinking about why I had those feelings of guilt and shame coming up. So to answer your question, I was six weeks pregnant. Um, I had known I was pregnant for probably probably about two weeks. And we went away on a camping trip, sorry, glamping trip. (laughs) Um, And the first morning on that trip, I woke up and um, I was bleeding. And I initially obviously thought, "Uh uh-oh, there's something wrong, what's going on? And then I remember my midwife telling me, it's normal to have a little bit of blood spotting here or there. Right. So there was a part of me that was, oh, maybe it's just a normal little blood spotting right. thing. And was it like a little blood? Uh, it, it was a little bit of blood, but it had that um, moon cycle feel to it. I, I felt like heavy. Dark red. Yeah, I, I felt like heavy down there. And so for me, it wasn't just a little spotting thing. My whole body felt like it was preparing for a cycle. Mm-hmm. So I woke up and I, I got a bit nervous and I texted my midwife and she said, listen, don't jump to conclusions. If this continues throughout the day, then there's obviously um, a problem and it's looking like a miscarriage and we'll talk further about it. So throughout the day, I kept bleeding and it kept getting heavier and mm-hmm. I, I just felt so physically drained. Did you know deep down or did you still like want to believe that this could be okay? No, I knew. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a bit of a realist and mm-hmm. I knew deep down that this wasn't right. Um, in my first pregnancy, I didn't experience any bleeding mm-hmm. or anything like that. So I'm pretty in tune with my body and I instantly felt like this was um, this was meaning that the baby was leaving. Mm-hmm. So that day, um, on the physical side of things, I was just totally drained. I really got surprised by how wiped out I was. And I guess all of those hormones that fill your system for and with that extra sense of life force that you get, just get like drained out of you instantly. And I could just feel those nutrients and all that life force energy just like leaving me. It was, it was really intense. I just had to like be in bed. It lasted about a week. I bled heavily for about a week. And that week I was just wiped out. On top of that, I caught the flu. (laughs) It was a bit of a double whammy, I guess, because um, the miscarriage brought my immune system down. I picked something else up. So I was really feeling it. And then on the emotional side of things, um, I got just this, this blanket of grief got swept over me. And then my practical mind kicked in and said, you don't have a right to be feeling grief around a little tiny orange seed. Oh, like but yes, you that, do. That, that orange seed wasn't even a human yet. Like that's so silly. And then I stepped in and I was watching this like dialogue going on in my head and I stepped in and I went, you know what? 
I was so attached to that little orange seed. Mm -hmm. For me, I had created an entire future with Mm -hmm. that orange seed. Because I remember before this happened, in the two weeks that you were pregnant, you know, just already you feeling like you were a family of four. Yeah. You know? That's right. And I had, I knew what sex the baby was. Mm. I knew so her name. <laughs> of course. We knew her due date. You know, we knew how we were, we wanted the birth to look. Like I had already, big plans for we everything. had big plans, especially Jenna. <laughs> I had she big was plans. I inheriting really big plans. her third baby. Um, so I think because I had placed so much attachment and importance and knowing onto this little, um, little tiny creature, uh, it was pretty devastating when all of a sudden, um, I had to go back to the drawing board Mm -hmm. and I really felt as though we had just lost a little family member. And when I was going through that and I was trying to make sense of the emotional attachment, I, I came up with this really funny and pretty spot on analogy where it's like you're a single woman in the world desperately looking for your husband and you're online dating, you're out, you're doing everything you can to call in and meet your life partner, your true love, who you're going to like create an entire world with, entire life with. And you're dating four times a week. You're going out, you're going out, you're dating, you're trying, you're trying for months, you're going out and you finally meet that guy. And you're like, Oh, we found each other. It's happening. He's everything I always wanted. We're going to get married on this date. These people are coming to the wedding. This is what our future is mm-hmm. looking like. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks into your love affair, he disappears. Forever. Forever. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I thought start. we had a life together. And I have to start all, all over. over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a really good Instead analogy. Of dating, it's exactly you like have that. to have sex. I mean, just as bad, right? <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Um, So, yeah, it was – I hope some people who are listening to this who aren't pregnant can kind of relate to that level. So basically um, on a practical level, as I said, I called my midwife just to figure out what was going on. And I didn't go in for any tests. I know a lot of people may go into a doctor and get a test to confirm it is a miscarriage. Or I think that a lot of people go in because there's a risk of you getting an infection after a miscarriage. Something about, I I don't know, things, maybe things that your your tiny placenta or whatever Mm -hmm. may not come out properly and you could be open for infection. I heard that. So maybe you'd want to check in with a doctor or get a test or whatever it may be. But I just spoke to my midwife. Yeah. And then I started going through. So I felt guilt. I I was really shocked at the emotions that instantly came up. Why did you feel guilt? Because I got an instant idea that it was my fault. Because I didn't know anything on this topic, because no one discusses it, I instantly thought this is my fault. Did you I've think- done something wrong. It was something I ate. It was something I drank. I shouldn't have that sip of red wine last night. It was oh, that's because not do it. it was because <laughs> I like you know did a yoga class yesterday. No, no. It was because um, whatever your mm-hmm. mind makes up so many yeah. things to find someone or something to blame to make sense of things. Can I ask you? Would you have blamed? So if if like your friend had a miscarriage, would you think that it was their fault, or would you only think that in terms of yourself? Um, that's an interesting question 
because I didn't know anything about miscarriages, I was very confused on, on what percentage of it is purely nature and what percentage of it is the environment in which I, I'm in control of. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't know, to be honest, how to discuss that with a girlfriend before I had gone through it. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, that kicked me into like guilt and shame because I thought that I was, I was the one that killed my little baby orange seed. Certainly not. No. Um, so then I started looking into it and I saw that, you know, so many things have to be connecting perfectly in order for that, that little babe to stick and for the pregnancy to continue. So I started to unwind my shame and blame on myself and fear that, all of a sudden, oh no, maybe I can't carry a baby anymore. Maybe my body's not capable anymore. Like I, your mind just kind of runs away with it. So it really helped talking about it to other women and looking into it online and demystifying it for myself. And then I had this really weird thought, like, why do I feel as though I can't share this with people? Like I suddenly thought like, oh, this is a secret I have to sit on. And then I can't discuss this with anyone and, and I've got to be really careful that about who, <laughs> who I discuss this with. And then I thought, whoa, wait a second, where is that coming from? I'm such a transparent and open person and get so much growth and, and information from sharing honestly with people. And I thought the only reason I had that thought to keep it a secret was because I fell into the general rule of thumb of keeping my pregnancy a secret for the first three months. And because of that, I thought, well, I haven't announced I'm pregnant, so I can't announce I've had a miscarriage. And so all of a sudden I had these feelings of like a secret that I was sitting with that was dark and that I had to go through myself. So it was really interesting for me to unwind that and go back to the beginning and say, you know what, that rule of not telling anyone that I was pregnant for the three, for, for the first three months doesn't apply to everyone. That just applies to the women that that um, suits and that that protects and that that's good for. Because as I said before, some women need that space to process something like that and it doesn't serve them to share it. But for me, in the very beginning when I fell pregnant, I could have gone, you know what? I'm the type of person where even if this pregnancy didn't go through, it would serve me to process it openly and transparently with people around me. Totally. So next time you get pregnant, are you going to like put it on Facebook like the day you find out? <laughs> don't know about Facebook. Fine. Instagram. But, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, publicly announcing the entire world. Um, it's a very private journey in pregnancy. So I know. I, but if someone told me, then I would be like, yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm six week preggy. Like mm -hmm. I'm excited. And so then I would obviously tell people as well who I would be totally comfortable as well with sharing that I had a miscarriage yeah. with, yeah. which would be all my friends and family yeah. and community. Mm -hmm. uh, and also I want to represent... Um, authenticity. Authenticity and also just demystifying something that can really cause trauma for people yeah. because it becomes a secret and something heavy for them that they can't discuss or they can't talk about or they don't understand. So next time, if, I mean, God forbid this happens again, but if it were, I would discuss it and mm -hmm. I'd be open about my next pregnancy. Yeah, totally, for sure. Totally. Totally. Okay, great. So they're kind of the pros and cons about um, either keeping a miscarriage to yourself or announcing it is I think you feel more 
depending on who you are, it can help the healing process or it can damage it. So all the ladies out there, you guys decide for yourself what type of woman you are and what serves you best when it comes down to sharing that information or keeping it private. So, um, Jed, have you ever had a miscarriage? Well, not that I know of, but as I said um, a little bit earlier, but right before Maisie, I feel like I could have had a very early miscarriage because I felt like I was pregnant, but then I wasn't. So I don't know about that, but I never took a positive pregnancy test. So um, not that I know of. Um, and, And do you know people who have had miscarriages? Yeah. And the thing that I've been struck with is that it really emotionally affects people and can really emotionally affect for a long time. And maybe that is because that people aren't processing it They're Even, you know, the way that you just described it, just, oh, it's just a little orange seed, you know, just even having that sort of thought about it and not that it's something important that you should feel something really strongly emotional about, um, I think can be undermining because it's like, it is important. You know, this was like a child, this was your yeah. baby and just affirming everybody out there who's gone through this, like, um, an interesting thing also on this point is I have heard, you know, for example, I know my mom had a miscarriage before she had my brother, Will. And then I saw a psychic. One of the first psychics I ever saw actually told me that that baby was a spirit guide for me. Wow. Yeah. They were like, did your mom have a miscarriage like after you? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, that baby is your spirit guide. Yeah. So you wanted to stay in the family. Yeah. So sometimes- Came back in another way. That's right. So sometimes, you know, um, miscarried babies do stay in your field as spirit guides, you know? And sometimes they come back again, you know, like they dip their toe in and then you miscarry that that spirit, but then that spirit comes back and tries again. Yes. You see, so that concept was a concept that I held onto and that helped me get over the emotional grief. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that our children choose us mm-hmm. and that once you decide that you want to get pregnant and you're ready and welcoming them with arms wide open, they choose you and they come in when the timing's mm-hmm. right or sometimes they think it's right. Or it was right. It was perfect actually because now we're already at the retrospect place where we can see why it was meant to be that you did get pregnant and you did miscarry and how that's affected us after and how it's awesome, you know? Yeah. So, well, that's the other thing is I think it's important to acknowledge the spiritual meaning and aspect and understand the deeper lesson in this. And where are you at with that on your other, on the other side of your miscarriage with the spiritual meaning and just sort of the conscious way to move through it, a conscious conclusion. Yeah. Great. Okay. Before I get into that as well, um, You know, I just want to mention the reason why I told myself, oh, it's just a little orange seed. It's not a big deal. Like that was my protective mechanism for me to be able to, to, I tried to push the grieving away Mm -hmm. by saying to myself, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't need to be sad about this. It was just a tiny little nothing. And that's not true. As you said, Mm -hmm. like that spirit has come in and you're Mm -hmm. creating life and you Mm -hmm. attach so much to that Mm -hmm. little, little tiny thing it's a big deal. It is. And so um, I also invite women to like really get real with their emotions. Like I initially went into a defense mechanism mm-hmm. and went, oh, I don't need to feel, I, this isn't a big deal. Like I just push it away, get on with life. But I needed to move into those feelings in order to move through them mm-hmm. and release them and come to the other side where I understood the bigger meaning, mm-hmm. which leads me to looking at the spiritual aspect of it, mm-hmm. which I, as I mentioned, I think that 
um, you know, the spirit comes through and then if it's not the right timing, they will like dip their toe in and then Mm -hmm. jump back out. That, that weekend that, um, Carrie and I experienced that miscarriage, we got filled with an overwhelming sense of gratitude for Valentine, our little baby. Wow. And how, what a miracle that was that everything happened perfectly, moving at a million miles an hour for him to come into existence. And that with us. was actually a lot more miraculous. Totally miraculous. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Like we weren't trying to conceive. I didn't think I could get pregnant. Yeah. It was like once in a blue moon, crazy, like, you know, night and all of a sudden a baby appears Mm -hmm. and it it was the biggest shock of my life. And so that really was a miracle. Mm -hmm. And knowing what needs to happen in order for life to to come onto this earth, it gave me just such a deep sense of appreciation for him and, and how easy that like ease filled that was and mir- and that miracles can happen and do happen and that even if you think it's impossible to get pregnant you know you can still get pregnant miracles happen when it comes to these babies coming through so yeah. just because you lost one does not mean that that baby can't come through again in a, the more perfect moment see you know? that's what i'm holding on to i was so attached to that little spirit mm-hmm. that i was grieving the loss of that individual no but it's not i i think with your baby the sense that i have is that she dipped her toe in and she's coming back and it's the same one. Yeah, so that's what I'm holding on to because I, I don't really want to go. I don't think it's always that, you know, but I think in your case, that is what I feel. Yeah, I I'm I mean, I would I would like to be open to that being mm-hmm. a possibility. I feel that strongly for you. So so that's a really fun concept to hold on to as well. The same spirit revisits us and comes through when it's a more perfect time. Mm-hmm. So the lessons I got from it was deeper appreciation for the, the lives around me and my current child. And also a big lesson was just trust in timing, trust in timing. Everything's perfect. It's all okay. Surrender to kind of the, the, the bigger flow of life. And I'm not in control. I may think I'm in control, but I'm not. There's a bigger force at work. And the other brilliant thing I got out of it was that we are all equal. Like no one can escape the touch of um, misfortune. Mm -hmm. There is no difference between me and another woman. And I thought I had the ignorance to think that, oh, that would never happen to me. I didn't even comprehend it. Hubris. I'm like, I'm a healthy human. I'm a healthy human. I've like, you know, I've got a great healthy lifestyle. My body's like, like vital and working. I don't have any health issues. That would never happen to me. And it was such a beautiful and humbling experience for me to realize that, you know, none of us are um, protected from the spontaneity of life. Mm -hmm. And there is no difference between all of us women that can ha- happen to the healthiest person or that could happen to someone who who does have physical issues totally and it's really given me a whole new compassion for women on on such a deeper level mm-hmm. and understanding of the whole topic and i appreciate that so deeply mm-hmm. i can really relate on a different level to um to women who've experienced this and i'm i'm grateful for that that's so beautiful nice and so um how long do you have to wait until you're ready to conceive again? So that depends. My midwife told me that depends on the individual. Once again, it depends on your body. Really keep checking in with your body and feeling um, how, if it's healed to um, a, a, the, the best degree or not. Um, she said it could be anywhere from like, 
you know, six weeks to three months before your body is ready to conceive again. But you should be checking in and, and knowing when that time is right. And for me, um, after the miscarriage, I was so drained for a week or two that I just, it, it was a reset button. And I went on a whole bunch of um, medicinal um, f- food. I had bone broth every day and I had lots of vitamins and supplements to replenish my system. Um, lots of water, no alcohol. I went on this detox to just pull out the heavy metals in my system and to cleanse my blood and to just really pump up my system and keep it nourished. So, um, I, I would assume that the more you just rest and look after yourself and be gentle on your body and replenish it, the more likely you can start, um, trying again sooner. Nice. I also think the emotional aspect, obviously there's a physical aspect that you have to consider and, and, and focus on when recovering from a miscarriage. I think the emotional aspect is just as important. Um, I'm speaking to this healer in Santa Barbara who deals with conscious conception and detoxing before conception and all of that. And she says that many women that come to her with fertility issues um, really have emotional blockages and and trauma that they're holding on to subconsciously or consciously that are getting in the way of being fertile and open and ready to receive. So I think it's really important if you have been through a miscarriage to allow yourself enough time to really grieve, to really close that that um, trauma and that that happening in your life to to create a clean slate to invite in your next child because you don't want to be passing on that grief or you don't want to be carrying that blame you you want to be fully healed emotionally mm-hmm. and obviously physically from that before you then start on your next baby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for anyone out there, including you, Amber, that um, desires a baby and has had a miscarriage, I just really want to affirm that, like, you know, that's why they have the term rainbow baby, which is the baby that's born after a miscarriage, that your rainbow babies are out there and they're coming for you. Like, if you feel that that want, then there's someone, there's a little baby in your auric field that you feel. So just to affirm that, they're coming. Oh, they're coming in, They're baby. coming in. That's for sure. The perfect moment. <laughs> You got it. You just got to trust that timing. Yeah. (sighs) Great. Well, I really, the last thing I want to end with is that, you know, don't be ashamed to get help around your healing process. So go see, you know, an acupuncturist that can help um, get that chi flowing in your body and get that vital energy pumped up again and getting your body healing. Or don't be afraid to go see a therapist or, Um, an emotional healer or whatever it may be, just to help you move through that process in a really um, productive and profound way. So that chapter is like you've moved through it and you've closed that door before you move on to the next um, fun conception window. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, any other points on that, Jenna? I think we've covered everything for today. Yeah, I think so. I think so. so. And for that little baby of mine, I just want to say thanks for all the lessons mm-hmm. and thanks for those two weeks that I knew I was pregnant, which I just felt so lit up and you did. so you were so happy. Yeah, so happy and just like hopeful of the she's future. Coming back. And, oh, she's yeah, teaching she's you so is. much already. She, oh my gosh, she is really yeah, a master she's my teacher, little teacher. Isn't she? Yeah, and all good. Come in when you're ready. 
Mommy's I, I waiting her. for you. You know, I feel her in your auric field. Like back to that. You know, I can just feel her. She's just like swarming around. Yeah, she's making. She's waiting for that good love making. She's she's she like I'm only coming time. in when it's like good love, good love and time. She already knows her birthday, so she'll come in at the perfect moment. Ooh. Okay. So, um, shall we leave our listeners with an invitation? Yeah, do it. Okay. So for our invitation today, um, we invite any of you who are pregnant to really think about whether it serves you or not to keep your pregnancy a secret and if it would serve you or not to keep your miscarriage a secret. Um, so that's our invitation today. No one rule applies no to all. No one rule applies to all. Check in with yourself. With yourself. <laughs> okay. And please leave us a comment and let us know anything that is relevant to this topic or if you have questions or comments or you want to reach out to us about this topic or Amber, who's just gone through it, please leave us a comment. We read every single comment and we are so excited when we get comments. So please do. Yay. And if you like today's podcast, also please leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. We really appreciate that and are so grateful for your support. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to have you with us next time. Bye-bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.